The following story has been brought to you by StoriesToInspire.org. Many years ago I heard this story, and I verify like I do every story. There was a well-known musician that named this child Yosef Chaim Shneya, which was the unforgettable name of Rav Shneya Kotler. And someone asked him, you never learned in Lakewood, he wasn't even a yeshiva man. We come this, why did you name me after Rav Shneya? He said, you know, you're right. I never learned by him, I never had so much shaykhs. But I play by chasinas every night, and hundreds of people come and go every night. And there's always one respectable looking person that came over and thanked me for a wonderful job. And I once asked someone, who is that person that just thanked me? You don't know, that's the Lake Rashiva of Shneya. And this one, on, whenever I saw him, he came over and he made a point to thank me. I noticed a few weeks I hadn't seen him, so I asked him, where's the Lake of Rosh Hashiva? And he looked at me very disappointed. He says, you don't know, he was nifta a few weeks ago, where are you? And I was broken. And when my wife had a baby, I named my child after Absnea. I didn't know what he did, I didn't know about his learning, but I wanted my son to be like him. And I gave the name after Avshneya Kotla. I got and met this baby a few years ago. Now he's probably in his 40s. A bentoyer amiti. A tambachacha muflik. And you see, mamish, the pshad and the mishnah avoyis in Perik Aleph, mishnah yud beiz. Oyev es habriyas umekarven letoyra. So the poshit of pshad we understand. You have to have Avas Abrius, and therefore you have to go out and enlighten those darkness shamas. You have to work in Kirif. But it's not the only Pshat. When someone has Avas Abrius, when someone is living Avas Abrius, when someone is living the Naimis of Torah, that's the greatest Kirif Rechaikim. I once went to a family simcha, and it was Mamash, a very small, I'm just family. I was sitting there. I never, reckon, never, I don't recognize, I never saw him. And he, he realized that my question, he goes, you're probably wondering why am I here? And he said, I'm like family. And he, this one, I'll never forget, he pointed to his yarmulke, he said, you see this yarmulke on my head? I'm wearing this because of your relative. He's my neighbor. And when I got to know him, I realized I no longer have an excuse for not being religious. And I became religious because of him. So he invites me to his simchas. Those words were so revealing. You know, there are people out there that they think they have an excuse. Okay. It's, a, it's of course, a very poor terror. But when they come face to face with the Naimis of Torah, when they come to a living Kavra Torah, when they come to a living Mekar Vrchaikim with the Naimis of Torah, Hakol Ratzin Achareho. I once spoke about this theme in the camp where I go for the summer. And I was like, Ramanus Mandel was there for a few weeks. And he heard what he said. He said, I want to tell you a story, but he did have a yuvda. He had just opened his boys' school. I forgot the name of the street, but he told me exactly which way the yeshiva was. And he had a successful, a growing yeshiva. And one day, in walks a obviously irreligious person and asked me, he said, in the name of a family, he didn't want to tell me the name of the family, he says, do, do, do the boys from this family go to this school? I said, yes. He goes, okay, I want, to, I want to register my children in the yeshiva. So Amanus looked at him surprisingly, you know. I mean, there's a religious school and you don't seem to be religious. He didn't say that, but... And also, what's the shaykh those children? 
But you don't have to ask for an explanation. Listen to what the person said. He said, we are neighbors with this family. And my wife and I watch how these boys are so well-mannered, they're so respectful, they're so courteous, they're so polite. And we see other boys that are not the same. And we made a decision, we want our boys to be like these boys. And I found out what school they go, and now I verified it. I want to send my, my children to your school. So Herman is Adam, I'm not going to tell you the name. But this family is a pe'er in Yiddishkeit. And I could say, he told me, that maybe your mechutten, or my mechutten, or your child's rebbe, or my child's rebbe, or your rav, or my rav, are products of this family. He did mind, told me, mind, told me the story. He, many years ago, he went to look at a real estate in Long Island. And I guess typically you have to find out what's doing. So you, ask the, you find out who the superintendent is, the manager, and you find out the, you know, the, the miles and chasrenes of the property. So he came to a certain building and he, he saw an ancient looking guy who was the uh, caretaker of the building. It was surprising, a very old person. And he started talking to him and he's trying to get some information. And all of a sudden the guy turns and says, Do you know the, the saint? So I don't think he wanted to know a saint. He goes, I mean... Rabbi Teitelbaum from Williamsburg. Do you know that saint? So Rabbi said, I looked at him and said, yes, but how do you know him? He goes, I had twice the honor to meet him. He says, when I was young, I worked in the fire department. And one, high, one of the high holidays, I was stationed to stand outside of this, he said, I don't want to say in this, but he don't know the word for sure, he used a, a trade for word. But I was stationed in that, uh, that, that Jewish place. And... Late afternoon, the, the doors opened and hundreds of people streamed out. And it was amazing to me. And suddenly everybody moved to the side and out walked that saint. And he sees me by my fellows, fellow, my friends. And, we were, and he realized that, uh, you know, from the fire department. And I see he's whispering to someone. And all of a sudden he starts walking towards us. I was so honored. What's he going to say? Of course, he didn't talk to us, but he threw an interpreter up. He said, I want to thank you. You're watching my community. You're watching my, my people. I want to thank you very much. And I appreciate it. And he walked off. A few months later, I was making hydrant inspections. And I came to one hydrant. And there was a car parked right in front. And I was annoyed. You know, why do you block the hydrant? I said, I'll wait a few minutes. Maybe, I could, uh, maybe the car will come and I could uh, inspect this hydrant. And... All of a sudden, the door of a private house opens up. Evidently, it was a Nichem Avelim. And the saint walked out again. The same saint. He didn't recognize, but I recognized him. And again, he asked, why are the people over there? So they explained that, you know, we, we were blocking the hydrant. They can't go. And he made a great effort to walk towards us. And he apologized. He said, I want to tell you, I'm an old man. I give you a blessing. You should also be old one day. But you know, it's hard to walk when you get old. That's why they parked in the closest spot. So my friend, Rabbi Heshit said, I, I, I realize it's an opportunity. I says, can I buy that blessing off you? He says, for a million dollars, for all the money in the world, I won't sell you the blessing of the saint. And the Satmar Rebbe on Rosh Hashanah, 
the Madregis he reached, but I guess he wanted to do an ultimate Kiddush Hashem, Kvayit Shamayim. But I don't know this happened to Rav. Minsky Rebbe Zuchan Rebbe to say this story. Heard it from the Malhamaisa. He got into a taxi in Manhattan. And the taxi says, you Jews, you're the chosen nation. So he said, uh, thank you, I knew that. What, what prompts you to think so? I'll tell you what just happened to me. I, I was driving along trying to get a customer. And I picked up a Jewish fellow. And he told me where to take him. And a block, a big wide Manhattan block before his destination. Stop, let me off and I'll pay you in full. He said, but you didn't get there yet. You have a long block. He goes, no, look. You see people are getting out of the, tra- the train station. They're coming up. And if you're going to drive me and come back, you're going to lose a walk another customer. I'd rather you get the customer and I'll walk and I'll pay you. Just take a customer. So the guy says, in my mind, whoever thinks about the other guy, that's a chosen nation. And you're the chosen nation. I know someone, he wouldn't, he wouldn't mention his name, but he deserves it. He was once pulling into a, a, a parking lot in the, in the castle, one of the big supermarkets, and he sl- slightly scratched someone else's car. Not smashed it or, or dented it, just a slight scratch. Being the Erlicher person that he is, he looked out up and he, out of a car, he looked around, he didn't see who it is. So he wrote a note, I scratched your car, if you cost anything I will be glad to pay. He left his number. Like an hour later he got a call and the person was extremely suspicious. I mean, so this doesn't happen. And he first like trying to figure out like who he's talking to. And if he's, you know what, I'll meet you, don't worry. Tell me how much it costs, I'll bring the money. And they made it to meet. And it happened to be that this, the Nizik, whose car was, was scratched, was an old Catskill who was born there, lived there, Kol Yomov, never was from. But this blew his mind. Someone scratched the car, what do you do? You drive off. If you do worse, you drive off. And this started a relationship that eventually brought him back to Yiddishkeit. Avsega was once traveling in England by train and he was in a regular, had a regular seat and it was very noisy so he said he wanted to upgrade, he wanted to go to first class, he felt he would able to learn without being distracted. So he asked the, uh, the, train, the, the train master as he called it, he wants to move up, so he said, hey, you'll pay me after, go, go, fine. So after he got off, he went over to the train master, I want to pay, he goes, nah, it's all good. there were seats were empty. I want to pay. No, no, don't worry. So he wasn't satisfied. He went to the, sta- the station attendant and he says, I made up the pay. He's not taking money. So the station attendant turns to all the people and says, this man, he's one in a million. I don't know, he didn't know of Segal, but someone that's fighting to pay money. That a guy should say, Hashem. I once spoke with someone and he told me about a, a common friend we had have, he's my Rebbe in Shmiras Haloshin. I was very surprised. I said, he gives a shir? I don't know about this. He goes, no, he doesn't give a shir. But he's so inspiring the way he's careful with what he says. He's a balabas like I am and he's very more marabrius like I am but, you know, there's not a word of Lashon Hara out of his mouth. So I call him my Rebbe in Shmiras Haloshin. Isn't that something 
doable for all of us, to be an inspiration for others. Today is a big Marbitz Torah. He says he was in the 10th grade in a certain yeshiva. And they had an English teacher who wasn't from. And they gave him a run for his money, Kipshutai. And one day he comes into the class and he taught them. And at the end of the day he said, oh, boy, I have to make an announcement. And he was so estranged from Yiddishkeit, he had to take out a piece of paper for his script. Well, my wife had a baby boy last night. And he starts reading it. I got a mazel tov. And I want to tell you, after the baby was born, I offered a silent prayer to the Hashem that my son should not be a yeshiva boy. Because I want him to be a mensch. Rather, the story had a happy ending. Because this Marbitz player told me, when he was all of 14 years old, he realized what happened. So he said, let's go, let's do something. And he decided that everybody has to chip in a few dollars. And they collected, they bought the teacher Menorah, and they gave him the gift. He couldn't believe it, and they started behaving. A few years later, the principal came into the, to the, the class. Of course, the kids were gone already. But he told over the story that I just got a call from this teacher. He's proud to say he enrolled his, bo- his boy in the yeshiva, not in public school, because of the boys that he had the second half of that year. The the living Kiddush Hashem of Chalil was, it was given the, the great COVID when Rabbi came to America to be his Gabbai. So he wrote, he wrote his first encounter with Rabbi Khanan. Rabbi came from Europe. He was in the Broadway Central Hotel and he goes very nervously to this room. And Rabbi the first, he says, tell me, Vizakmin good morning of English. So he said, good morning. So Rabbi said, good morning. Was it good? Let's do it again. And Rabbi Khan the share. Good morning, good morning. And Ramosha was, was shocked. This is before Davin Nachtetzu. He's learning how to say good morning. So he understands. So Rabbi Khan says, you don't understand. We're going to go down. And they say there's a, an elevator person that, that conducts the elevator. I have to say good morning. But if I say good morning, he's not going to know what I meant. So he prepared how to say good morning with Ramosha Sarah. That's Kiddush Hashem.